Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out that website and over 3,700 of my written reviews at Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. The Night Before is the name of the film I'm going to be reviewing today. It's an R-rated comedy. It has drug use and language throughout, some strong sexual content and graphic nudity, and it runs one hour and 41 minutes. The cast, primarily the three stars, are Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Anthony Mackie. Supporting roles go to Jillian Bell, Lizzie Kaplan, Mindy Kaling, uh, and Michael Shannon. Uh, there are some cameo appearances as well. If you don't want to know what those cameo appearances, or who they are, um, perhaps you should come back to listen to this review later because I'm going to tell you a couple of them, although I don't think that they will actually constitute spoilers because they are just there superfluously for the most part. Uh, the director is Jonathan Levine, and the screenplay is also by Levine, along with Kyle Hunter, Ariel Shafir, and Evan Goldberg, who is a frequent collaborator with Seth Rogen. In the film, uh, the three main stars are Isaac, Ethan, and Chris. They're friends since childhood and who at some point in their lives, made it a point uh, after Ethan's parents are killed by a drunk driver to get together on every Christmas Eve in order to party like there's no tomorrow. And you might be thinking, yes, they're going to commemorate someone else's drunken revelry that led to a tragedy that left one of them becoming an orphan by engaging in it themselves. Uh, an irony that's somehow uh, something that they don't really think about too hard, which is kind of a common theme for this film. Now they're into their 30s and they're ready to get serious about things such as family and their career. And they've decided that this year's night of debauchery is going to be their last. Now, knowing that they should go out with a bang, Ethan manages to steal tickets to the biggest and most exclusive party in New York City, something they've been trying to get into for many years, something called the Nutcracker Ball. Uh, and they are set to uh, to find the hidden location and and be able to uh, to engage in the party they've always dreamed of going to. However, there are several factors that do threaten to make this night uh, not last as long as they think that it's going to last. Uh, one of them includes Ethan's inability to get over his ex, who uh, he still hasn't gotten over in three months because he wasn't ready yet to take that next step and be committed. Uh, Dad-to-be Isaac's overconsumption of the box of uh, various drugs that his nine-months pregnant wife has given him. Why she gave it to him, I don't know. I guess it's it's almost like uh, The Purge, where he gets a night to be completely free and wild uh, before he has to settle into... Uh, to uh family life and somehow uh interestingly enough on on this night uh she she actually is due at any moment so why uh <laughs> why he would be completely uh zonked out on drugs uh when potentially she could be going into labor at any second seems absurd but that's this kind of movie uh, and Anthony Mackie playing this burgeoning football star named Chris who wants desperately to score points with the captains on his football team and he, to do that, he needs to secure a stash of weed that they've asked him to bring to the big bash. So I'm going to, this, this review is going to be a little bit different than other reviews that I've done. And the reason why is because, um, I'm going to kind of break down the comedy as it exists in this film, because I mean, it, it really exists in a lot of the Seth Rogen films and also really a lot of the R rated comedies that have come out in the last 10 years or so. And Basically is that all of the, uh, jokes can really be broken down into this, into four basic principles on what they think you should find funny. 
So these principles are, I'm, not, I'm going to list them and I'm going to give you some examples of how it plays out within the film. So the first principle for comedy within The Night Before is one, that drugs, whether imbibed or merely referenced, are always funny. It doesn't matter. You don't have to do anything really witty or clever with them. Just mention them or show somebody taking drugs and then uh, the aftermath of, of what happens afterward. It's always going to be comedy gold. For instance, having the men encounter a Dickensian ghost of past, present, and future really isn't amusing in and of itself. But if that ghost of the past, present, and future is also the drug supplier that they've gotten drugs from since the time of their youth, oh, it's a hilarious gas. Another instance, snorting copious amounts of coke and then getting a nosebleed and having that nosebleed drip into a woman's drink right before she imbibes it is funny because, well, we know that cokeheads get nosebleeds and, well, wouldn't it be funny if that nosebleed went into somebody's drink and she drank it? Isn't that hilarious? I will say, okay, the, that she thought it was actually a crantini before she drank it is vaguely amusing, I'll admit, but... Still, uh, this is re- really where the jokes aim. Another instance, hallucinating horrific faces onto people because you've taken drugs would be nightmarish under most circumstances, but because it's part of a psychedelic trip, it's su- we're supposed to find this the stuff worthy of infinite giggles. So, number two of the four main principles of the comedy in this film referencing pop culture from one's childhood is always funny. You don't have to make anything funny out of it. All you have to do is reference it. If you just reference it and people oh make the connection, oh yeah, I remember that from back then, they'll automatically laugh and they'll attribute uh, funny vibes to your film. For instance, having the three friends perform karaoke isn't just isn't funny, but if they're doing karaoke to a novelty rap like Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC, it's funny. And hey, it's a Christmas movie, so why not do a novelty rap uh, and have them rap along with it? Wouldn't that be really uh, amusing? Visiting Chris's house in order to encounter his embarrassingly doting mo- mother isn't particularly amusing in and of itself, but... If they go there under the guise that they're going to play Goldeneye on their Nintendo 64, that's the kind of thing that you nudge your bro next to you because it's so hilarious. Hey, they played Goldeneye too. I remember that from when, when I was a kid. Boy, isn't that funny. Jumping off of a building uh, isn't funny. One character decides to do it. But if you drop a reference to the fact that you're going to do it the way that Hans Gruber did in Die Hard just before doing it, you'll have fits of laughter among the audience. And seeing somebody booby trap a sidewalk with toys on the ground isn't funny on its own. But if the person who falls on his butt cries out that he's been home alone, you'll probably laugh because it's a, hey, it's a reference you understand. And home alone isn't just referenced in that, it's referenced several times. So if you've seen home alone and you recognize the uh, allusions to home alone that carry on through this film, you're going to think this is really funny stuff. Now, the third main principle of the comedy of The Night Before. Anything, anything related to sex and bathroom functions is always funny. And maybe a little subset of this, swearing is also funny. Just throwing in a few swear words here and there. Sprinkling, especially when it has anything to do with Christmas, that's going to be funny too. For instance, let's say having Ethan get beat up by two guys in Santa suits. Well, 
that's a, that kind of that could be a sight gag. Yeah, people in Santa suits shouldn't be uh, uh, ex- expounding upon violence on, on especially on Christmas Eve. But hey, if we have him encounter them while they're in the middle of public urination, and not only that, while they're also discussing whether or not they should also defecate in their pants, oh well, that alone is poop in your pants funny. Freaking out in the middle of a packed cathedral while attending midnight mass, you know, it, that wouldn't be very amusing in and of itself. But vomiting in the middle of the aisle makes it comedy bliss. This is something that's featured in all of the ads and the trailers, and you can see that it wasn't funny then, it's not funny in the context of the movie either. Finding out that you have accidentally mixed up your phone with one of your female friends isn't funny in and of itself, but... If you're the man and you start receiving sexts and explicit shots of someone's junk that make you uh, a straight and married guy actually consider a sexual rendezvous with the the sender of such uh, racy photos, well, that alone makes it a comedy goldmine. And the fourth and final principle of comedy within the course of this film. Celebrity cameos and name-dropping celebrities are always funny. Just by having them in there, if you recognize them, oh, hey, it's that person. I didn't think that person would be in this film. Isn't it funny that that person's here? Well, that's funny. If you're going to name drop Miley Cyrus throughout the course of your film, make sure she's in the film. And she also, when she's on the screen, does her own name dropping of Hannah Montana while she's discussing herself. Uh, because showing or naming people that you recognize that you didn't know or expect in the movie is automatically hilarious. And given that this is a Sony film, and I've gone on tirades many times on my previous podcast that Sony just likes to self-promote throughout most of their films, it's not surprising that Miley Cyrus would appear in this film. She's signed to RCA Records, which is owned by Sony, who made this film. And the same goes for James Franco, who's on screen with Seth Rogen for the umpteenth time, this time playing himself or, uh, I mean, a sexually deviant version of himself, or, or, or maybe that's actually a version of himself. I don't know. Again, uh, he's playing sexually deviant for the umpteenth time. Uh, and hey, Tracy Morgan is Santa Claus in a scene that's not funny unless you laugh because you know who Tracy Morgan is and you think it's funny that he's dressed as Santa Claus. Isn't it funny? It's Tracy Morgan and he's Santa Claus. Boy, you know, why would I bother trying to think of something clever or, or funny in the writing of the script when I can just throw in a celebrity cameo that you don't expect and automatically you're just going to laugh and be appeased by that? Now, the real problem with all of the things I've just discussed is that they all operate on the notion that being truly smart or witty or clever, that's something that's too difficult. You know, this is a stoner comedy. People are going to come in stoned. They don't want to have to think. They don't want to have, they, they're, they're just not in the mood for anything subtle. Just keep pressing buttons of vulgarity, pop culture references, keep talking about the drugs, keep seeing people completely spaz out on drugs. Uh, that will stimulate the part of the brain that laughs at anything that, uh, will, will, will touch into our inner man children. We'll just laugh and laugh and laugh because, hey, we're probably drunk or high or coked out. Whatever you want to do that uh, that is silly and 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 throws a curveball that we are not expecting while we're in that stupor, that's going to get us just roaring out of our seats. Alas, the night before greats 
early and often if you're just not in that kind of mood. If you're just in the mood to actually laugh at something that's genuinely funny and not just laugh at the foibles of somebody uh, completely off their rocker because they're high on drugs, you know, just trying to be loud enough and crass enough to cover over the fact that if volume and the lewd factor are were all, at all toned down, if we weren't high enough, we would soon discover that the night before is nearly vacant of a single thoughtful or interesting idea that merits even two minutes of our attention, much less two hours. The night before is a mess of a movie. It feels like a jumble of comedy sketch ideas that don't have a central story to solidify around. It just lays out there, it flails blindly about, and hopes that in the continuous piling on of zaniness, that the manic slapstick will cause laughter to become contagious in the audience. We expect more from uh, director Jonathan Levine. He directed Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt to better success with their their previous collaboration, the film called 50-50, which was a critical and a commercial success. While the, the attempts at sentimentality that we expected in that film are also here, they feel disingenuous here because they're squeezed in between scene after scene of hard R-rated raunchiness for most of the runtime. Now, I... I realize that I'm going on a rant and, and, you know, maybe you're amused by this or maybe you're upset by this if you've seen this film and, and consider yourself a fan, but I will, I will temper it a little bit here. I'm going to say that not all of this film is a complete travesty. Michael Shannon gets a very funny bit part as the lackadaisically droll, but still earnestly interested drug dealer. It makes you wish that he'd play a bigger role overall because he's, you know, while everybody else is playing, you know, their volume at 11, everybody's playing zany, he is completely going under. He is, he is absolutely just, uh, even keeled and low key, and it makes it all the more funny because of the contrast. And the, the film really does have a very appealing cast here. They're bromantic leads. You know, they should work well together. I mean, they certainly could, and they've, they've done it in the past. All of these are really likable, uh, comedic actors. I, you know, Rogan and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Anthony Mackie. This should be a, a slam dunk, but, you know, for, for whatever reason, they just aren't able to, uh, to get it all together here because, uh, there's just, they're just not given, it, enough remotely funny for them to riff on in between all of the forced chaos that is throughout this movie. Now, while I never found the night before to be truly laugh out loud funny, I do think that there are still several moments in which the comedy seems like it's about to turn a corner and become something more than just a comedy for people giddy because they're drinking or smoking bowls uh, right along with the men on the screen. It, it seems like, you know, there, there are moments when it actually gets into a, a, a groove, not really a really truly funny groove, but it looks like it's, it's just on the verge. It feels like it has it there. And then it just falls back into its, uh, lazier tendencies. I would say, you know, whenever you see a Christmas movie, you have to wonder, is this going to become a perennial holiday classic or is it not? Because many films that are uh, holiday classics today weren't really well regarded at the time of their release. And certainly I don't think that this one is going to be uh, considered that. So will it be in, you know, over time? I would say it's unlikely. The night before, if I'm going to use a metaphor here, it's like opening a present, peering in the box and finding nothing inside. Oh, oh wait, wait. I guess that's not funny. Let me think about this for a moment. Wait, it's like 
opening a present, peering in the box, and finding a pile of poop inside. Wow, that, oh, it's poop. That makes it funnier. Okay, good, good. No, wait. Oh, no, wait. Uh, this is funnier. The poop that you find inside is only there because Seth Rogen took shrooms and he couldn't control his bowels and your present was the only receptacle that he could find. Now that, now there, that's funny. That's funny. Wait, wait. Oh, now the lid of the box is opened and in addition to Seth Rogen's poop, an electronic version of the thong song by Cisco plays from a little speaker within. Oh, you remember that song? It's funny, right? Dude, I am so funny. I could totally write a major Hollywood movie now. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, there's a Christmas tie-in. I am such a genius. Where is it? Where is my typewriter? I got to write this out. Now, if you found that last little bit of comedy that I just did hilarious for anything other than the irony of it, then I think the night before is probably meant for you. I'm going to give the night before two stars. Two stars out of four, and two stars means it is lacking, and what it lacks here is any real reason for us to find it that funny other than the funny cast and cameos and pop culture references and all the other stuff that this film completely re relies on as a crutch to kind of get them over the fact that they really didn't give a lot of thought into the actual screenplay and the actual characters and the actual story and any of that. All it is is trying to throw whatever it can out there in the hope that it will, some of it will stick with you enough to make you think that it, you had a really funny, funny time at a really, truly funny movie. But, you know, once you actually look under the hood, there's really not much there. It is completely forgettable, superficial stuff that really doesn't have anything to say and not really that much funny to say either. Two stars for The Night Before, uh, a real missed opportunity I was very disappointed with. Anyway, I hope that you, <laughs> even though I uh, didn't deliver uh, much good news as far as this film, I hope that you did at least enjoy the review, and I hope that you liked it enough to uh, want to hear more. You can click the subscribe button if you, if you want to get more of my film reviews as the new releases uh, pour out. Also, if you happen to be on iTunes, I definitely encourage you to leave a, uh, a, a review if you like the show, uh, because every uh, word of mouth really helps the show immensely. Also, check out my website where you can find my uh, my contact information if you want anything if you want to tell me anything directly uh, and also you can uh, uh, get links to my twitter feed and my facebook page there at quipster.net that's q w i p s t e r.net until next time thank you everyone for listening and i hope that you enjoy your time at the movies and if you're going to see it the night before uh, maybe you shouldn't see it as straight and sober as i did <laughs> <laughs>